to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me, I am Maria Corelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here he is, Jerry Springer! Oh, thank you! Thank you! It's another year. Happy, happy New Year to everyone. Happy New Year. Yeah. Let's just, so it's, it's, you, you almost didn't make it tonight? Almost didn't make it. Got stuck on the I-75 bridge in the greater Cincinnati area. We call it the Brent Spence Bridge. Yes. Was on there for an hour and a half, right in the middle. Oh, my. Stopped dead. Yeah. And you almost didn't come here. And when I told people you may not I be here say tonight, that. there was total silence. I... I <laughs> Hell's at me. And no, here was Plan B. Plan B was I was going. I was going to do this. I was going to jump in the river. Oh yeah. Swim to the Kentucky side. Yes. Stop at home, change clothes, come yes. on down there on my bike. Yeah, I can see you didn't get a chance to change clothes. <laughs> oh whatever. no, you got that for Christmas, I bet. I didn't. I've had this for <laughs> two years. He's wearing Thanks a, for a noticing bl- a blue plaid. A blue plaid fleece. A blue plaid fleece. <laughs> yeah. North Face, by yeah. the way. North Face. I got this sweater for Christmas. Thank you. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, and I know, and by the way, uh, Your Honor. Yes, thank you. Your Honor, Jerry Springer. Yeah, was I introduced? Oh, yes. well, thanks Ooh, my for bad. forgetting that. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ladies man. and gentlemen, Your Honor, Jerry Springer. <laughs> order, order. The Here court will be cleared. Here comes the judge. Yeah. No, because... Uh, and again, you never know. So a new listener might not know, but Jerry is. We'll have a show in the fall called Judge Jerry, yes. and we're Maria and I are still trying to figure out how we fit into it, and that answer has yeah. not yet come. But we're <laughs> yeah. happy for you because if you're happy and you're rich, then we're happy—not yeah. rich, but we're happy in yeah. you know some. Well, this much I do know so far is uh, you don't fit into it. Thank you yeah. very much. Hey, that, that, much that is clear. Yeah. You've had no, meetings. But, but had I'm not meetings. sure what Judge Jerry means yet. I know that's the title of the program. It either means that I'm going to be a judge, or it could mean that people will be out there judging, judging me. Judging you. <laughs> yeah. And that won't turn out Let well. Let me ask it you. Really uh, this is today. Yes. is Elvis's birthday. Yes, and you and I are old enough. We we lived through the Elvis era. January eighth, nineteen thirty-five. Yes, Maria. Yes. You, you know who Elvis Presley is. Oh, oh yeah. Now, when you look back, because Maria Corelli, our third voice, is a singer-songwriter and a damn good one. Thank yes. you very much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Gene. Thanks, Jerry. And you. Uh, are an Americana slash folk slash roots performer, mm-hmm. songwriter, singer. Do you have, give me an honest answer. Do you have any respect for Elvis Presley? Oh, yeah. You do? Well, well I do. You, so. Do you want to stay on this podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, go ahead. Jerry's a fanatic. Well, do you yeah. want to hear how I kind of yeah. got introduced? Well, you hear Elvis Presley's name, and of course yeah. it's Elvis Presley. But um, I just recently kind of got into country music and was introduced to Wanda Jackson, right. who was the queen of rock and roll. And um, she was known to be kind of like the female Elvis in a way. So I started writing. My writing style kind of turned into rockabilly and like rock and roll a little bit after I was listening to her. And that's how I got into Elvis's music. That's interesting. Like deeper into it more than just the name Elvis Presley. So Yeah, yeah. his, his music way. was really a combination of country, mm-hmm. blues, 
and gospel. And gospel church. Yeah, church and, and, music, the, yeah. and he, towards the end of his life, he was becoming, with his music, very much gospel, very much religious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he would just have religious sing-alongs in the green room uh, with a crew there before he came out on stage. I mean, it became very yeah. big to him. He, he was, uh, I thought, uh, really good. I got, I got bored with him as time went on musically, but I thought he was really good. But he was sort of like a Frank Sinatra where he wasn't a songwriter. He, they, no. they would fake it as if he had written some songs. They had some ghost writers, and uh. it was a money deal that that Colonel, what's his name? Parker. Parker did where they claimed Elvis wrote this. And, but, so he wasn't like uh, Buddy Holly, for example, who was very important, died yeah. way too young. There were some rock and rollers of the same period who were extremely creative. Bob Dylan, who would, came out of rock and roll, mm-hmm. got into Roots music, but he really started in rock and roll. But just to give us a flavor of Elvis Presley, Jerry Springer, <laughs> yes. th- this is unbelievable. We do this every year. We've been doing this on this podcast for the last, I don't know, I can remember 21 years. It could be longer. We have Jerry on Elvis's birthday <laughs> sing Elvis. Right. And oh, please, I want to thank the person that clapped. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you very no, much. No, but here's the thing. What people don't know and a lot of people don't realize, is I sound exactly like Elvis would have sounded at 75. Okay, (laughs) yeah. It's true. Stoned. Yeah. Stoned. Yeah. Uh, uh, Hit it as a hit, right? (laughs) Love tender, love true, never let me go. Facebook Live. Love you. And always with Bring it home. Oh, okay, thank you very much, everybody. Wow. If I cuss, which I don't, that's, that's fucking unbelievable what he just did. <laughs> Yeah. Can you guys beep that out? Oh. Later? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that, that, that would get me to cussing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Oh, man. Um, that, that, that was, imp- oh, was that impressive. That, that you know what? That's very entertaining. I'm Elvis at 75. That's very entertaining. Oh, of course, he'd be 84 today. Oh. Oh, there you go. Nobody cares. We got an email. <laughs> oh, my. I pick every now and then an email from, we probably get four or 500 emails a week, and I'll pull one out, and this is the one I'm going to read tonight. Oh. And it's we a, get, I'm sorry, I missed that. <laughs> what? 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 How, how, many, how many emails do we get? Four or five hundred at least, and I pull one yeah. out. It's, you know, that's equal to the number of terrorists that are coming across the Mexican uh, that's border. A <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point. You must know how Sanders. We actually Sanders. got yeah. six is how many we get yeah. okay. a year. No, uh, this is addressed to Maria Corelli and Jerry Springer, and there is a note that says, this is not to Gene. And it is from Carolyn Steubing. She's from Portland, Maine. She writes, Please stop Gene Galvin from talking about his pet project, Unlimited Mileage. Period. (laughs) It's stupid and it's dangerous. Period. Full stop. Stop him, comma, please, exclamation point. 
Now, well, I and I'll tell you what, I'll abide by that. I, I could will believe no there are 400 of those. I, I, will, <laughs> I will abide by that. Yeah. Now, I don't think it's talking about it to recap what the hell it is because you're going to read an yeah. email. Don't recap what it, that no, is. No, you the have to. Yeah, yeah, people won't know what we're talking about. Well, it's about. also not environmentally sound. No, it's not. No. Yeah. That's because your thing, I'll, you can take two sentences of it. What it is, is you want to set the Guinness Book of World Records Thank you. For, the, for renting a car for one week yes. on unlimited mileage. Thank you. And who can travel the most miles on unlimited mileage on a rental car in one week. That's how Gene wants to be remembered. Thank you. He said that. <laughs> By the way, you, you recapped that very well. Yeah. So you sorry, left out Carol. one thing. What? Three drivers... 24 and 7, stopping only for bathroom breaks, getting three meals a day at drive throughs at McDonald's. Why? Because they timestamp all the receipts, Maria, mm. and it will show where we were and prove to the Guinness Book of Record. I contacted. How is that different than a truck driver that has to go cross? <laughs> Gene's suddenly country. realizing this. <laughs> because, and he doesn't, because he's not driving more. Let's say he drives eight hours at a time. That's a good point. And, and so you just would be driving eight hours at the time if there are two other people in the car. So what's the big deal? Why don't we give the award to every truck driver that helps our commerce here in America and we brings should. the goods and services Yay! that we want to our country? Let's hear it for the Teamsters, for God's sakes. Holy crap. No. <laughs> Look, you freaking idiot. Here's the difference. The difference is the car... It's not the driver. 45 it's years, my best friend. He's never once called me a freaking, no, freaking idiot. idiot. No, <laughs> Jerry, it's the car. So it's three drivers, always one driver asleep in the back, one driver up bullshitting with a driver and joking around and talking to talk radio oh, on the phone. fascinating, Gene. Okay, so, Maria, I mean, talked to the... people talking together in a car? It. Holy cow. No vision. Where did we get that idea? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I contacted the Guinness Book of Records. It's in England. Did you really? I did. I really okay. did. And they really said, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> they really did. That was they all said, they had in well, the We're email. not doing this. And you paid for a long-distance call. Uh, well, I did it by email, actually. I didn't call them. I emailed them. But they wrote back, oh, comma, hell no. We're not doing this. <laughs> so, but I got an idea. And then I swear I'm off of this. What is it? I promise I'm off of this. Yeah. Bryce Carlson. Do you remember who he is? Yes. He rode across the Atlantic Ocean yeah. and set the record, mm -hmm. captured the record yeah. for how fast you can row across the ocean. One person in a rowboat. Yeah. And you think your oh, no. idea is comparable to what he well, did? Well, let me, there's a new thing going on. Oh, relative now they're going to have him. three people do no. it. <laughs> no. And rent the rowboat. We had Bryce on this show in the middle of the North Atlantic, and yes. then he came and sat right here in this chair on our show on yes. dry land and talked to us. Turns out, because I do my producer research, Bryce Carlson has been selected by the Guinness Book of Record, and they are going to put him in the book. Yeah. As one of their key guys, they're going to feature him. He's going to be like a spokesperson. So I figure we, preferably you, because you're a celebrity, oh, man. contact big, Bryce, big. get Bryce to run some interference for us, block for us, and get the damn Guinness Book of Record to let us do this. Oh. So we three set what? the record this summer. We're, we three are on a robot. We Wait, three. No, no, no. Three? We, well, which hey, three? I kind of like that idea. Which, Jerry's no, on a robot. Jerry's on a robot. No, we're in a rental car driving around America. So, <laughs> so do that. 
make that happen. I have drivers that do that for me. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. Maria, I have a question. What's up? You, uh, I don't know, two or three weeks ago, I had a serious injury, both my back and also I think I broke a rib mm-hmm. in Florida. Two separate injuries separated by two or three days. Yes. I'm, I'm healing. I probably pretty much healed. Thank you both for asking. Good. I feel pretty good. You. You so, look like garbage. I know that. <laughs> yeah, it didn't help that. <laughs> you told me that... Oh, how are you feeling? You do, <laughs> I don't feel any better. You told me that you do yoga, and you said to me after a show, hey, Gene, because, you know, I, I, I do a lot of outdoor stuff. I do, and Jerry does, too. He's a great exerciser <laughs> and a great outdoorsman, rock climber. and this. <laughs> he but does rowing. He's into rowing. But seriously, uh, you're a runner, mm-hmm. and you're a climber, and you do yoga. You told me that. Yeah. You swear by it. <laughs> I swear by it. I mean, it's really good for a lot of things. Oh, yeah. I, I – uh... I think that it is if if everyone were to at least practice stretching in some form, I think that it could help a lot of ailments or or the prevention of That's where, a lot of here's, here yeah here's where I was headed. Could you and seriously, I think this is about as much as we're going to get out of Jerry. Could you <laughs> teach Jerry here on the air in the next let's say minute? Oh yeah, how to do some yoga. I think that we could do that. And get him to do, do some think, yoga at the microphone. Well, my favorite baseball player was Yogi Berra. Does that count? That's, that's all we need. Yogi. <laughs> Yogi. No, I can do it. Uh, Let's do it. Let's do it. You want to do some? Uh, come on. Go. Come on, Jerry. I want to see what you do. And well, then get on, you get on up. But listen, we'll start Wait, with an I easy one, and up, then Jerry. we'll do a hard Unless one. Unless you throw money to the floor, I'm not bending. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to start with an easy one, all right? This is one that everyone knows how to do. All right, cool. mic's up, Jerry. Yep. We're going to, we're going to uh, just touch our toes. Very simple. We'll touch Ready? our toes. <laughs> we can oh. do that. <laughs> that's not too hard. Well, now what? What's the so next So we're just going to bend down. Oh, well, that's, oh, that's the one that I have a little trouble you don't have with. To, uh, you don't have to go too far. Oh, you don't have to push it good, too much. Oh, that feels pretty good, Jerry. Come on, get down here. Oh, my God. And this is good because it's kind of an inversion on your back, so it, yep. it kind of decompresses yeah, the spine. I'm cheating because I'm bending my knees. <sighs> uh, can someone help me up? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be able to do the rest of the podcast. No, sit down, Jerry. Yeah, this is a, sit down. This is, a, this is a, so. all right. Maybe we'll just get. We'll just start with the. We'll just do the easy one. <laughs> yeah, that's about. Yeah, People as much who are as not get watching us on Facebook need to visualize this. Yeah, well, <laughs> Jerry did ridiculous. yoga and and a visualization. <laughs> Hey, uh, let me ask you, um, oh, there's one other quick thing, and I'm going to ask you a question about impeachment, because you talked about it once before, and it could be some change in your view. I've been hearing. The streets are talking. (laughs) But uh, here's something I want to mention. The Whispering Beard Folk Festival. Maria Corella, you've performed in it. Mm -hmm. It's a good one, isn't it? It's awesome, yeah. And it's been held for years of late in Friendship, Indiana. Draws, I don't know, how many people, uh, Catfish, how many people does it draw? I don't know, up to 1,000 people or Yeah, 1,000, 2,000. A couple thousand people. Yeah, I was there with you You were, You ago. were there, and, yeah. and we did a podcast from there, and yeah. it's where we met the Harm Brothers, who are performing right. tonight, by That's the way. Right. We love the Harm Brothers. Yes! Woo! And they've all moved. They came, I think, from Portland is kind of where they hail from the West Coast. They've moved into, the, into Ludlow. 
Yes. It's amazing what's we going on in Ludlow. Yes. Three more of what we call the creative yes. class have moved into Ludlow. It's very interesting. Singer-songwriters from around the country. But Whispering Beard Folk Festival has moved from Friendship, Indiana, which is a great place, to Cincinnati on the riverfront. Yeah. And Smell a, Park. Uh, that's a, that is huge. Yeah, yeah, because the crowds are going to be huge. That is, oh, my and God. It's going to be great. It's going to be great for the performers. It really is. Congratulations. And, and uh, it is a wonderful thing to hear. And yep. late August is going to happen. And yeah. <clears throat> I'm hopeful, and i got to talk to you about this, Jerry, we can move around something that we do uh, every summer. Uh, and maybe we can. Maybe there's a little bit of flexibility to move it to a different weekend so that we could be there we'll for that. We'll have to talk to the Becks. We'll have to talk to the Becks <laughs> to see. Because, but Well, yeah, because you're performing outside of that that uh, store there in Charlevoix. In Charlevoix. I usually yeah. busk up there. Yes. I have a busking operation. He, to do do you there. really? Well, I, he, I did. Has a, he, he, I it was embarrassing. Gene <laughs> was standing there in front of the storefront on a yeah. main street there. He starts playing the guitar. He either had a hat or your guitar case. I had a guitar case open. And, and I put a dollar in there. Ahead of time, just so people walk by. Prime the pump. We then, the rest of us, went across the street to watch. I swear to God, for 20 minutes. Sure, I did a set. You didn't make a penny. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't say. People would come by. No, it was great. People would walk (laughs) by. And Gene's good. <laughs> but they would walk by, they'd look at Gene and talk to themselves and continue. <laughs> and we're saying, okay, this couple's going to stop. This couple's going to stop. That's Finally, so sad. Finally, some guy did stop, but he was talking to you about the guitar. Or- no, guy stopped and says, I got, I got my harp in my truck. Can I join you? Yeah. And I said, hell yes. We you got his blues harp. Proceeds. It's 50 cents. And then cents he came and, and we did some stuff. Uh, at any rate, if we could... Uh, shift the weekend be, so that you oh go. man I'd like to see this thing yeah. and it I just think it's going to you know there's some major festivals around the country that are in the roots genre Americana genre uh, Newport Folk Festival is one of the yeah. granddaddies of them all oh, yeah yeah and I think that the scent that the whispering beard with that potential of a crowd I think it's going to really rise I'm I'm yeah. really yeah. excited about it did they talk to you about joining the Float for opening day of the Cincinnati Reds, which is the oldest professional baseball team in America. And you're a Yankees fan. We respect that. Yes. But you respect the Reds. You've got history in Cincinnati. I do. I remember. Well, even when I was mayor, um, uh, I was that was during the big red machine. And yep. I'm mayor here in Cincinnati. And I'd be like Johnny Bench, Tony. Yeah. Oh, I was friends with these guys. It was great. But I'm, you know, I was born and raised a, well, I was raised a Yankee fan in New York. And uh, the Cincinnati, one day I was supposed to throw out the first pitch. And the Cincinnati Inquirer ran a headline, Springer Yankee fan. And so Whoa. I threw out the first pitch, 50,000 people, I remember there, booming. <gasps> oh, is that right, Jerry? That yeah, happened? That, that's that's interesting. Really oh, happened. my God. Yeah, that really happened. Well, we take our baseball seriously, Randy. Yeah, well, I found that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I, they no, were... No, seriously, Cincinnati's giving serious consideration to bringing professional baseball here. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Hey, they're... they're uh, <laughs> Why do I do that? I don't know. <laughs> you know it's so counterintuitive. It's counterintuitive. <laughs> uh, the Folk School Coffee parlor will have a float and they would like you to be part of the float we could hype judge jerry we could hype the podcast 
There will be music playing on the float. Have you ever been on that float, Maria? Uh, that it, opening day? Yeah. It's fun, I've played it? music on there. I thought you have. Take it, me out to the ball game. We played that for about an hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what we call a loop. Actually, right? I never want to hear that song again. I hear you. <laughs> Just kidding. Good you could do some harmony here. Yeah. You could be the but harmony sing it, brothers. Sing it like Elvis would. Yeah. Like, I said, take Thank you very much. Oh, buy me. Hey, buy me some peanuts and crackers. Yeah? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> That's damn good, Jerry. And give me a couple of drugs. Hello. Yeah. Hey. One, two. One, two. So, well, well you, are you thinking of doing that? Is your, would your schedule well, allow? That would be fun. It, well, all the podcasts, it, it, you'd be on it. We'd all it's be purely on it. A, I would do it. It's purely a schedule issue. Okay. And that's the weekend we may be in Florida. Oh, oh well, then for, can't do that. Yeah. But but that's, if it's a Thursday, we still may be able to do All it. All right. Well, we'll look we'll into see. it because it would be oh, fun. Oh, we're going to look into it. If schedule, <laughs> schedule we, permits, it would be a blast. Yes. Maybe we could Skype your face. Yeah. No, well, here's the good news. Project the Reds it. will be tied for first place. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, Jerry. <laughs> You're Not fired. a game play. You're fired. We get it, you know. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, you on a podcast a uh, month or so ago, talked about right. impeachment and kind of surprised me a little bit when you said, no, no, that's not a good idea. And you had a lot of reasons why you felt that that wasn't a good idea. And then I heard some rumors downtown Cincinnati as I was walking <laughs> around that, that you've changed. What? What? Man, how do you shovel all that <laughs> stuff in you? So anyway, what I was wondering is, yeah. have you changed your position? Well... I still don't think impeachment, at least right now, is a good idea. Uh, in, in general, there are exceptional circumstances whereby you finally reach the conclusion, yeah, that's the only choice we have. I don't like the idea of impeachment as a means of changing presidents uh, because I think it delegitimizes the whole electoral process. And I'll tell, I don't want it, that to become habit-forming, that the losing side... Uh, whether it's justified or not, the losing side gets so angry, the campaign was so bitter, that some crazies will start an impeachment movement. And every year, in other words, campaigning will never stop. If, if we can't settle on a president in a presidential election for four years, then I think that says something about the stability of, of our government. And there, I think there's a reason why no president has ever been removed by impeachment. The threat got Nixon out, but other than that, the two presidents that were impeached, um, they didn't have the votes to throw them out. So I think there's a reason for that. So I haven't changed my mind on that. I still don't think it's a great idea. Where I'm starting to change my opinion is in the last couple of weeks, I've been rereading all the stuff I have on Watergate, and it struck me that there is such a thing called the reality of the moment. The conventional wisdom, which I clearly was going along with, and I confess to that, I was saying that it won't be hard to get an impeachment because all you need is a majority of the House, and now that the House is overwhelmingly under Democratic control, it's not hard to see that you, if, if the Dems chose to do it, that they could get an impeachment. But then you have to have the trial in the Senate, and you need two-thirds of the Senate to vote the president out. 
That means 67 senators have to do it. Well, the Senate is overwhelmingly or is solidly Republican. So you, no way you're going to get 67 votes in the Senate to throw Trump out in the current reality. And that's the part I'd like to stress, the current reality. Because what Watergate was about, which we don't think about, you know, 40 years later or whatever, 45 years later, what we don't think about is that for the first two years of Watergate, Watergate was, I think, June 17th of 72. And Nixon didn't resign until August 8th of 74. So it was more than two years later. For the first two years, despite the Watergate hearings in the summer of 73, despite the testimony of John Dean, which riveted the country, for those of us who were alive and, you know, adults or whatever, we were riveted by what John Dean, who had been the uh, counsel to the president, he had turned on the president, and his testimony was unbelievable, his mind remembering everything. Even with that, the Republican Party stayed solidly with Nixon. The polls were still solidly for Nixon. So it only turned, and it turned literally in days, from overwhelming support for Nixon. But when the tapes came out, and then the court, Supreme Court, ordered the release of those tapes, and Nixon, for all his crimes, was still an institutionalist, so there was no way he was not going to obey the Supreme Court. I mean, he had some respect, even though he obviously violated laws, but he had respect for the whole concept that he was a lawyer uh, for, for the concept. So when the Supreme Court made its decision, Nixon wasn't thinking of getting the troops out and not obeying the Supreme Court. So when the tapes came out and showed his guilt, within days, it went from solid support for Nixon to get Barry Goldwater and other Republican leaders going to Nixon and saying, you don't have the votes to survive an impeachment. And we think it best that you resign. And Nixon resigned. He didn't want to become the first president to ever be removed from office by an impeachment. And he couldn't handle the shame of it. So that made me think, wait a second, we're thinking now there's no way there's going to be 67 votes to throw Trump out in this Republican Senate. But what if reality changes? And what would a new reality be? Reality will change if the following things happen, which are not out of the question. Starting now, for the next several weeks, months, maybe a year or more, we're going to start to have congressional hearings. And these congressional hearings, now that they're ruled by Democrats, will have subpoena power. And the congressional hearings will be televised. So all of a sudden, America's going to see every day more and more testimony about bad things that Trump and his people have done. Then there's the Mueller report. We don't know what it's going to say yet, but if the Mueller report comes out, with crimes that Trump and his people committed, that will influence what reality is. Then, if the market continues to go down and the economy starts to go down more, then all of a sudden, that's going to change reality about what people are feeling about Trump. Republican senators, are, and 22 of them, are running for re-election in 2020. 
So all of a sudden, they're going to start looking at the polls. If the economy's going down, if the hearings are showing that Trump and his people really committed crimes, if the Mueller report comes out and says he really committed crimes, all of a sudden, they're going to look at the polls. The American people are turning on Trump even more than they are now. And all of a sudden, they're going to say, you know what? I got to worry about my own election. I'm going to lose my own state if I keep supporting Trump. So all of a sudden, they won't be so solid for Trump. And then what if Trump comes out and declares a state of emergency? That's going to go to the courts. And Chief Justice Roberts is an institutionalist. So even though he tends to be conservative, in some cases very conservative, he has a love of the institution of the Supreme Court. And he is not happy with Trump's view of the judicial system. So I think you can take it to the bank that if Trump challenges orders of the federal court. He will not win in the Supreme Court, even though the Supreme Court, as constituted now, is conservative. Roberts will be the deciding vote, and it may not even be 5-4. It may even be more, because now the court is being challenged. If Trump says, I'm not going to listen to your orders, I'm going to declare a national emergency when there obviously isn't one because six people came across the southern border. I mean, this whole business is absurd. So now all of a sudden, that will create a new reality. And then with all of that happening, the likelihood of some Republican running against Trump in the primaries. If you put all that together, not one thing that I just mentioned is out of the realm of real possibility. The hearings, the Mueller report, the stock market, the economy, Republican senators worried about their own election, the Supreme Court stepping in so that orders and subpoenas are followed, all of a sudden, I got to look at that and say, why was I saying that there's no way that there would be 67 votes to remove him? So that's the part of my mind that's changing. I may have been wrong about that. It's right according to the current reality, but Nixon is a reminder that reality changes very quickly, very quickly. But it's going to have a different ending than Nixon had. Nixon resigned. Trump will never resign. And in a sense, from his point of view, you can't blame him. And the reason is, for all of Nixon's crimes, they, all, they were federal crimes, and they never had to do with enriching himself. I mean, in fairness to Nixon, he never became a wealthy man. He never was stealing money. That never was the complaint about Nixon. He was violating some sacred things about the Constitution, etc. And he, he clearly was committing crime, but there were federal crimes. There were political crimes. And the general feeling, even though there was, there's no evidence that there was a deal that he, if he resigned, he would be pardoned, there was a sense that if he resigned, everyone wanted to put Watergate all the politicians wanted to put Watergate behind them. You know, the national nightmare is over were the words that Ford uses, used at the time. So Nixon could resign pretty much knowing that he wasn't going to be prosecuted, there were no state crimes, he wasn't going to go to jail, and in that comfort level, that was an out for Nixon. For Trump, resignation is not an out. For Trump and his family members, 
Much of his crimes are state crimes. So there is no pardon that protects him. There's no deal that can be made. In fact, I would argue that if a deal is made that he won't be prosecuted for state crimes, that could be an abuse of power by the state prosecutors. Think about it. You can't pardon them. You can't pardon, let's say, his kids and Trump for state crimes once he's out of office because they're state crimes. So you can't go to a state prosecutor and say, you know what? If we can get Trump to resign, will you agree not to prosecute his kids? You're not allowed to do that. You know, for a political purpose, you're going to let someone go? You can do that as a prosecutor in bargaining over sentencing for someone you prosecute or choose not to prosecute, but you can't do it for political purpose. That's extortion. That's like a prosecutor going to Trump and saying, resign from office or I'm going to prosecute, prosecute your daughter. That would be a crime, extortion. So Trump has no out by resigning. He's stuck. The only way Trump can leave office is either by the voters or by impeachment with a vote by the Senate. Only the voters and senators or senators can remove Trump. Voters would do it in 2020. Senators could do it beforehand. But that's the only way he leaves. He will not resign. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Love me <laughs> we have Elvis Presley on the podcast tonight. Yeah. Uh, you guys, I want to... Go ahead and introduce our musical guests tonight. We have the Harm Brothers once more again on the podcast. We, uh, we are huge fans of them here, uh, not only on the podcast, but here in Ludlow, Kentucky. Um, they're a bit of road warriors out there on the road. They are well-traveled. They are constantly touring, promoting their material, coming out with new material, and we love hearing from them every time. So... Uh, as they settle in here, I'm going to go ahead and ask them about the first song that they're going to choose to play. How about you guys? We've got Ray Vietti over there on guitar and Alex Salcedo over there on the banjo. So th these guys have a, a full band um, a lot of the time, but right now it's just the, the Harm Brothers duo. So Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and, and tell us about the song that you guys are going to have picked up for us tonight. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, welcome. We are going to do a couple of new songs for you, actually. Um, we have been working on writing for our next record, and so we are actually working today and just kind of touching on things before, so we want to play you a couple of the new ones. Uh, the first one is tentatively called Where You're Going, and it's uh, um, it's about being okay with losing someone uh, on this plane. I'll say it on this plane. We'll call it that. So it's called Where You're Going. We're going, I can't quite go just yet. 
guys that was wonderful thank you um i know as a musician myself i always want to know about the creative process uh and the harm oh, brothers i can tell you <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that right <laughs> um we do want to hear though uh what is the creative process like for you guys how do you guys go about writing songs i know you mentioned you are writing some new ones right now 
Well, I think uh, it's ever it's changing. At least right now, I think we're at a shift where we're we're almost we're about a decade into this whole show, and you know we're starting to open up more, um, working together on things. I think it used to start out as we would um, he would have a thing, I'd have a thing, we'd come together and just try to see what fit and yeah. you know what fit the the story that we're trying to tell. Um, but I think right now we're at a, we're at a point where we're like we're really just trying to work together as one and like try to come up with something interesting. If you had four sentences or five sentences to tell us, what is the story you're trying to tell? Uh, I think we just try to tell just life. I could just, just give it life one experiences. word. Life experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That's just what it is. Maybe the notion that things are can be incredibly difficult and heartbreaking, but like, you know, you got to keep, keep on trucking, as they say. <laughs> Good. Good. And uh, what is this next song that you guys are going to play for us? Uh, this is another new one, and it's kind of in that in that vein of, um, you know, whether you're going through something personal or just absorbing uh, what's going on in the world. Uh, it can all get very overwhelming. And uh, I guess, uh, well, this song is tentatively titled Ride It Out, and it's kind of a, sort of about something like that. And it goes a little something like this. One, two. Where the song is almost finished Just give me one more year The end's inside one way or another Whether it's there or here I haven't learned a thing Except the awful truth It all feels like one big heart attack Let it pass you like a wisdom tooth
I, I, I'm jealous. I mean, really, that, that is such a talent you guys got. It's, it's great. It's great. Thank you, Jerry. Not just Thank good. Just Thank great. Great. Love that new one, you guys. So it sounds you awesome. Um, will you guys let us know, please? Uh, again, these are, these are the Harmed Brothers that are joining us. And uh, will you guys let us know where we can hear those songs in the future once you release them and uh, where we can hear your stuff that's up right now, too? Well, uh, theharmbrothers.com is a good place to start. It um, has links to all our Instagram and our Twitter and our, um, our YouTube. We've got a lot of videos up there. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we're very much on Spotify and iTunes and all that Googleable stuff. I can't, I can't get it on this. Uh, <laughs> Jerry's holding up his flip phone, 1977. Is that a razor? What, is that a razor, Jerry? That's a razor. No. Let me try. Really <laughs> <laughs> Not very effective. Oh my goodness. That's what we'd call a burner right now. Yeah. It's a burner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jerry put his burner phone. Well, in my business, oh. yeah. Only for Ludlow. It's his Ludlow phone. Yeah. It's like uh, I watched this Netflix thing on uh, Bill Murray. He just has a telephone yeah. that just sits there. Yeah. You can only call his phone. You need to get one of those. Yeah. Just a phone, and it just and he has no agent, nobody. You just call this phone. It's a one eight hundred number. Yeah, you have an eight hundred number, probably. Yeah. You used to. No, yeah, uh, yeah, no. I have a, uh, I have <laughs> a rotating dial yeah. phone. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah. This is. I just got this for Christmas. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A pretty nice Christmas gift. Yeah. Will you guys sing us out with "Down by the Riverside" and yeah. well, maybe let Jerry? Well, join? we were we were hoping definitely that Jerry was going to sing, but we thought maybe we could get you to sing. Yes. Well, yeah, sure. yeah. You know what? Yes. In fact, you do my. Because I'm, I'm taking a break. Wait, wait, wait. Hold no, on. no, how no. I this? heard you warming up earlier. You're not taking a break. Wait, I got it. Okay. It's deep how about... and sounding real good. Okay. How about this, guys? Okay. Or what about this? How about Jerry and I sing at the same time, but Jerry sings harmony to me? Oh, wow. That'll be interesting. <laughs> it, wait, wait. Oh, oh, Let's see it, if that can happen. In, in the... Where's harmony? Harmony, come on in. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he sings harmony, but in the Elvis. In the Elvis oh, yeah. voice. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, why don't I sing what I normally sing and you figure out the harmony? <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. Do I do it but in the I'll Elvis? I'll stand here like this so I don't get confused. <laughs> do I do it in the Elvis voice? I'll do it. Thank you very much. Blue. We All right. <laughs> Groove moves. Yeah. You ready? One. Sure. A two. One, two, three. Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Down by the riverside, I said, down by.